Hello and welcome to the Drink In and Geek Out podcast with your host Dustin. Today I'm going to bring you another light episode and it will probably blow your mind. Just like Jim Moriarty, I suppose. Today's episode, if you couldn't tell, is going to be about Sherlock. Uh, I just finished the Sherlock series uh, over the last few weeks uh, and I binge watched all of the Sherlock episodes on uh, Netflix. Um, and so I'm caught up with Sherlock, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but all I have to say is that Season 4 just blew my mind with the introduction of a few characters and the development of others and on the untimely death of a few. But no spoilers. I want you guys to watch it. If you don't watch it, then I'm sorry. But, you know, just it was awesome. It's fantastic. And I geeked out a little bit. Uh, in the spirit of watching those episodes, I decided that today I'm going to drink Young's Double Chocolate Stout. It is an English beer. Uh, and it is brewed by the Charles Wells Brewing Company. It says, it is unsurprisingly for a beer from the Young Stable. Double Chocolate Stout has been recognized as an award-winning brew on several occasions. Luxurious and at the same time, a hint with decadence. Young's Double Chocolate Stout has it all. Delivering a satisfying, indulgent taste without ever becoming overly sweet. Pale ale and crystal malt, chocolate malt, and a special blend of sugars, uh, Fugel and Golding Hops, a real dark chocolate and chocolate essence are combined to deliver a stout with real credentials. Alright, so I have this big bottle. Uh, it is one pint uh, fluid ounces. And it has 5.2% uh, alcohol by volume. So that's pretty good. Uh, I also have the Beer Advocate score up. It says it is a 90, which is outstanding, which is pretty good. Uh, can't complain. It's got a 4 average. Uh, so I'm enjoying this English-style beer, and I decide you know, that's probably a good idea while I'm talking about Sherlock Holmes. A little brief history, though. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. I uh, was born May 22nd, 1859, and he passed away July 7th, 1930. He was a Scottish writer and a physician, uh, most noted for creating the fictional detective Sherlock Holmes and writing several stories with him, uh, generally considered a milestone in the field of crime fiction, and he has his sidekick, uh, Dr. John Watson. A few notable Sherlock's. I'm going to put these in the order that I prefer them. I'm not going to include the John Watsons because Martin Freeman is the best next to Jude Law, and that's all that I'm going to discuss. But for the Sherlock's, there's actually you know a long list of them, uh, and so I'm just going to start off with uh, Nicholas Rowe. In 1985, Steven Spielberg, Young Sherlock, Nicholas Rowe portrayed Sherlock, and it was. All right, I thought it was pretty good, better than a few. Next one down would be Basil Rathbone, uh, arguably the most commonly identified Sherlock Holmes on film. Uh, Sir Basil Rathbone made 14 Sherlock movies between 1939 and 1946. Uh, Jeremy Brett would be number three. Uh, Brett was bipolar which heightened his mannered performances as Holmes, making his sudden flashes of manic thought, wit, and melancholic malaise truly convincing. Uh, Brett filmed 41 of the Conan Doyle stories over the period of 10 years. Uh, so he's 
made a lot of films, just like Basil Rothborn. Robert Downey Jr. is number two, in my opinion. Even though that the film is like super American English language, uh, I thought it was excellent. Guy Ritchie did a great job with Sherlock Holmes and Game of Shadows. And this one had the Jude Law as the Dr. John Watson. And it's just outstanding. Uh, his mannerisms are fantastic. The fight scenes are wonderful where he plans it out. And uh, his fluid motions and everything like that. If I do this, so I do this, and then I do this, and I cross punch here, and I block here, and punch here, and he kind of calculates uh, what happens after he discombobulates. It's just, it's fantastic for a movie, and as a Sherlock Holmes, it is up there with the performance. Uh, the last one that I have here, which is the number one top-rated Sherlock Holmes, and you've guessed it, it is going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict uh, was the, probably the best Sherlock Holmes ever, in my opinion. He is the BBC TV star. Uh, he has 10 episodes. And he's a fast-talking, perceptive, high-cheekboned Holmes. Just fantastic. I can go all day about his character. Especially the, like the growth between the first episodes all the way up to the last ones. You can see him actually growing as a character. Uh, especially when he kind of matures up for the role of Doctor Strange, kind of gets buffer and, you know, all that stuff, but he looks more like a a youthful kid, so to speak, in the first couple episodes. And then, uh, you can't go on to talk about Sherlock Holmes without actually mentioning the best animated Sherlock film. And that is The Great Mouse Detective. So The Great Mouse Detective is a 1986 American animated mystery comedy filmed, produced by Walt Disney Feature Animations, and released by Walt Disney Pictures. It is the 26th Disney animated feature film, and the film was directed by Bernie Mattinson, David Michener, and the team of John Musker and Ron Clements, who later directed Disney hit films like The Little Mermaid and The Aladdin. The film was also known as The Adventures of the Great Mouse Detective for its 1992 theatrical release, re-release, and Basil the Great Mouse Detective in some other countries. The main characters are all mice and rats living in Victorian London. I remember watching this as a kid. It was very fascinating. And Basil probably got its name from Basil Rathborn. So can't be mad about that. Great homage to him. So, Arthur Conan Doyle, he wrote quite a bit of stories, uh, but a few of the things that are most notable for me would be the novels. Uh, I read all of the novels, and I read like 20 or so of the short stories. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about the short stories or like placements of where they belong, but I will talk about the novels in order of their awesomeness. So... The number one best novel in my mind, my opinion, would be The Hounds of Baskerville. Um, it's just, you, you get to hear the story as you know, Dr. Watson tells it, and he goes over to the uh, whatever town there in Baskerville, and John Watson actually does the solving. He takes the information that he's learned uh, from Sherlock and he's solving this crime without him actually knowing that Sherlock is there with him uh, solving it by himself and they end up together with the same conclusion. 
they had an episode in the Sherlock TV series that was something similar to this, where the hound wasn't really a hound, it was the main scientist guy who was working on this, you know, chemical warfare, and he had a mask with red eyes, and because this was sort of a hallucinogen that was in the mist, it, you know, kind of freaked out the one kid uh, and haunted him for the rest of his times. Uh, so the book is a little bit different from the TV series, but it is still pretty good. I do like uh, The Hounds Basketball, and I probably will read it again after you know, starting this uh, podcast. The next one on there will be The Sign of Four. The Sign of Four is uh, pretty controversial in its own self uh, because it has a con- you know communication with uh, the, the notion that it is legal to have a pastime of cocaine addictions, uh, but is you know relatively okay in that film. Uh, Mary Morstan, who soon to be Mary Watson, uh, actually visits these two and explains that her father disappeared mysteriously, um, and you have to go find you know that information as to what happened, and they end up finding out that he's alive and. Uh, they find a sign on a body that says sign of four, so on and so forth. I would just suggest you read the book. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's an introduction of Mary Morstan, and it is uh, pretty, uh, pretty good. And there's also buried treasure, so that's always a good thing. Next on the list, uh, book number three, uh, is actually the first book in the novel series. Uh, it starts off with... Uh, Dr. John Watson trying to settle down in London after recovering from illness and a wound he abstained while being a doctor in the Second Afghan War. He will run into his acquaintance Stamford, or John Stamford, that you get in the BBC version. Uh, while they're at the bar, he confines that he needs a new living arrangements because he can't really afford the lifestyle in London, and Stamford actually is shocked because he has just a friend who needs, you know, a new uh, roommate as well, and that being Sherlock Holmes. So he takes Sherlock Holmes, or takes John Watson to Sherlock Holmes and introduce each other, and then they conversate about the art of deduction and all those, you know, good deeds. And then they find a murder uh, victim uh, that they solve basically by figuring out uh, cigarette ash, well, cigar ash, and Sherlock Holmes is a genius with that, which just so happens to be the cab driver. And last but not least, The Valley of Fear. This one took a little bit of time for me to read. Uh, it was pretty tough, but you do hear uh, a bit about Jim Moriarty in this, which is awesome because Jim is probably my favorite character in the BBC version, uh, but not so much in The Game of Shadows. But uh, Andrew Scott is just awesome. Anyways, I digress. Well, anyways, uh, the Valley of Fear. Basically, uh, you have this uh, puzzle that is sent to Sherlock, and he basically figures it out uh, rather quickly, and it's from Moriarty. Um, but Clarkie decides to give him some, hey, we need to have this uh, murder uh figured out and and he goes to this residence I think it was a castle and he, he 
soon finds out that the guy who was murdered wasn't the guy who they said was murdered. Uh, it was actually a confrontation between the homeowner, Douglas, and this guy, uh, Cecil Barker. And they pretty much are fighting over a shotgun, and he blows the guy's face off. And so him and his wife decide that it's better if they fake his death because, you know, without a face, it's going to be really hard for them to identify the body back in the day. But, you know, Sherlock figures it out, and he uh, breaks it all down. Uh, one of my favorite parts, really, about all these books is that it comes in two parts. All right, so you have the first part where Sherlock is being Sherlock, and he solves whatever crime that's there. The second part of the book is always like the backstory. It's always, you know, an explanation as to why something happened, like in the past. Uh, and so it's always interesting, you know, like you have Sherlock telling you why he's able to solve these crimes and what he's able to deduce. But in all honesty, you know, the hearing the backstories from them is actually uh, the best part, in my opinion. Uh, so that's essentially. Essentially, the novels for me, and that's my nerding out about Sherlock Holmes. Well, as I've been sitting here, I've been sipping down this pint of double chocolate, and it's really good. I mean, definitely, you can taste the double chocolate. It's milky. It's got a decent head to it. Um, yeah, it's a stout, so I can't be mad about that at all. Uh, I can't really see any. Um, I IBUs, um, but it is a stout and it is a milk, so it's you know probably comparable to a lot of the other uh, milk stouts that are out there. Um, but kind of looking through some of these reviews, uh, they're just you know the standard beer advocate reviews where they list out um, all these different you know acronyms or whatever. Uh, but there's just a lot of people are saying you know these are this is this, this is that, this is good, this is what happened. Uh, but everyone's giving it a decently high review. Uh, let's check it out on a tap, though. That would be a good one. Well, it has, let's see, uh, over 189,000. That's pretty good. Uh, Untapped says that it is an IBU of 25, so that's pretty good. And out of the 128,000 ratings, it has a 3.729 average, which is a little bit less than what Beer Advocate had. Uh, what do we have here? God Save the Queen badge. Not bad for them. A lot of these check-ins are just what they have. Any comments? Uh, Coco, yes. Double, no. Stout, a stretch. A lightweight with a clickbait name. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, Russian, can't understand that. Sorry, more Russian. Can't understand that. Okay. Roasty smell, not too thick. Mouthfeel for a big bottle, but almost kind of vegetable fullness. Starting to really enjoy these stouts. That's good, good thing. Smooth, one of my favorite beers. That's nice. Uh, nothing really funny. It's advertised, very tasty. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and check this in. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a 4.25. And I got a God save the queen. Well, I think that does it. This is my light episode about the Sherlock and a little bit about the BBC series. Um, I hope that you enjoy this, and please check us out. Uh, we have a full episode uh, coming up next week. Thank you for listening.